everyone. This is week six of the Red Letter Challenge. And this week, the focus is on going. And I'll tell you, as I thought about my podcast, first thing that came to my mind is Fleetwood Mac. You can go your own way, go your own way. Hopefully you could disseminate what that was because I don't sing very good. So that took a super huge leap of faith for me. Um, But great song and yet not even remotely biblical or connected at all to this. But trust me, I'm going to bring it around. The other thing was I also thought of Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So let me give you a little background. The going is from the Red Letter Challenge. It is a book written by Zach Zender, a pastor who took the red letters of Jesus, which certain Bibles print the words of Jesus in red, so it really stands out and is highlighted. Zach Zender took those words and sort of compartmentalized them into different categories, maybe even different disciplines, if you will, being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. And so this is a 40-day challenge, uh, and the book takes you through all of the different targets and walks you through different challenges, and it's really quite amazing and a little bit hard. And so the cool part is Jesus gives us the instructions and the examples. So first I'm going to say, if you haven't read the book or haven't listened to the other podcasts, like don't stop. And that is not a reference to another Fleetwood Mac song. Although I split a gut when I just said that because don't stop is actually a Fleetwood Mac song. So it's just all about the music tonight, but seriously, don't stop. Listen, because it it's not certain steps. You don't have to do one before the other or anything like that. It makes some good sense to sort of follow them in order as you're doing the challenge because they do all kind of build off of each other. But on the other hand, when you are a follower of Jesus, you are doing all of these things all the time. So let's take a look at the examples Jesus gives us of people who went, as in go, going. So the category or target is going. And these are all people who physically went and did something in the name of Jesus his cousin. And the first 
real physical move his cousin made was right in the womb. And the cousin that I'm referring to is John the Baptist. John was in vitro in Elizabeth's womb when Mary came to Elizabeth's house and the baby leapt when Mary spoke. And it's as though the baby knew that he was in the presence of Jesus Christ, even though Jesus was in the womb too. I think that's awesome. But truly, John would grow up to be a prophet and a prophet for Jesus. And he would be the one that would tell everyone to prepare the way for the Lord. And if you've ever seen the movie Godspell or the play Godspell, so good. Again, more on the musical. I should just make this whole podcast a musical, except I don't really sing well, as you know. Anyways, then... So, so basically, I call him, like, his cousin, the weirdo prophet. And then there's leper, a leper who Jesus heals and specifically says, keep it under wraps. But if you're like me, a lot of times I just spew stuff out my mouth to talk about because it's exciting and you know, pretty soon everybody's going to know anyways, right? Does Sometimes I'm a good secret keeper, but sometimes I just spew stuff out of my mouth. And I'm pretty sure if Jesus healed me, that would be time to spew. I say the leper because there's a very specific story about that. But I would also say all sick people. There's also 12 very ordinary men, fishermen, tax collectors, and a few that we don't necessarily know what their career or role in life was, but they were just plain old guys, not old as in aged, but they were just guys hanging out, doing what they did, and Jesus called them. There were women disciples Okay, I know that some would argue they weren't disciples, but when in the book of Luke, Luke specifically calls out and the women who gave contributions from their own means and names them by name, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, who is the wife of Herod's steward. So that's like a risky situation there. And then Susanna, and we don't know much about her, but she is named by name. So that's pretty cool. Then there's a demon possessed man who proclaims the word of God. And th these are all people who went and did something specifically in terms of the contributions that they did for God, um, telling their story about who Jesus is. They went and shared and served. Um, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they were friends and they hosted parties for Jesus. The chief tax collector, this guy had money, you know, like Della Bills, Della Bills, Della Bills. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. I was making the hand motion too, you know, when you like tip your fingers. 
yeah. Um, hopefully everybody's actually now making that motion too. But seriously, Zacchaeus had a lot of money and a lot to risk by following Jesus. And he does, he not only starts to proclaim Jesus, but he also gives back money, not just what somebody paid him, like three times more than what they, he paid, they paid him. So another really good action kind of thing. The Samaritan woman went out and told everybody she knew. And the crazy part about that is, is like she wasn't exactly an upstanding citizen, but for her to be converted must have really made people wonder. And many came to Jesus because of her. A rabbi who sneaks to Jesus in the night because he's a little stressed out that his colleagues would see him. But this is the same man, Nicodemus, who would also assist in Jesus' burial. And then there is Mary Magdalene again, who, upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ, she goes at Jesus' command and tells the disciples that he is alive. So a wide variety of people, and clearly that's on purpose, people from all walks of life, people from different backgrounds and different races, men and women, um, some old, some younger, but they all have one thing in common. They have a story to tell, a story that connects them with Jesus. And that is what Jesus tells us to do. When he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. He wants us to go out and share the good news. And when you when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you want to get baptized because he tells us to get baptized. And you want to teach others and you want to share with others and you want to serve others. This, to, this going part of the challenge to me really is taking all of the challenges, being, forgiving, serving, giving, and wrapping them all up and doing something with them. On a personal note, I find this overwhelming. I got to week six of going and kind of felt a little bit bad about myself, like I wasn't doing this right, and I wasn't as good as maybe I thought I was. And knowing that I can't really do this by myself, 
I'm not good enough. Part of that, though, I will warn everybody is that spiritual warfare that you hear of that sounds weird and creepy and strange, but is crazy true. And the book of Job is a real life story of that kind of spiritual warfare that happens. And certainly the devil is going to try to creep into your head and fill you with all kinds of lies. And for me, it was, I'm not good enough that I haven't been as good of a Christian as I claim to be. That's not a lie. I'm not, and I haven't. And there's lots of times where even during the serving challenge, did I do it for the right reason or did I do it to cross the challenge off my list? Was I really serving Jesus or was I serving myself? Sometimes life is messy and we are sinful humans and I speak completely of myself. But then I remember that there's grace and mercy that Jesus gives me all the time. Grace, this undeserved gift, and mercy, not getting what I deserve, which is death, and instead eternal life with Jesus Christ. And then I feel blessed, and then I start feeling equipped to tell my story because my story isn't going to be perfect. And I don't know that anybody wants to hear a perfect story. It's hard for us to want to get good at something. And I'll use a sports analogy because sometimes it always comes back to music or sports or clearly the things that we invest in a lot. But, you know, if you're playing a sport and you want to get better. I don't know that having somebody whose journey was perfect is going to be as inspiring as Michael Jordan, who didn't make his own high school basketball team. What? Seriously, that's inspiring. Sometimes when I watch the Olympics and there is that underdog that, you know, managed to get there and for that alone is a great achievement, but then somehow comes from behind and wins like, oh, great story, right? Those are inspiring stories. So it can be overwhelming when you look at this 40-day challenge, especially when you're doing all these things in a row. But when you look at it a little bit differently and know that this isn't just 40 days, this is a lifestyle and a, a way of living, then it's not as hard. So let's take a quick little break and I will be back to talk more about how to make all these targets work in your life. 
being forgiving, serving, giving, and going. Those are the five targets that are outlined in the Red Letter Challenge. They are the five sort of ways that Zach Zender has um, chunked what Jesus spoke of in the Bible and sort of how we can mirror what Jesus said in these five things. It is certainly an interpretation, and I think he does a really nice job because in the 40 days, there's an outline of what to do, and the great news is the instructions all come from Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, I think many of us who were taking this challenge looked at each of these challenges as like, oh, I didn't get that done, or I got behind on reading, or, you know, I couldn't accomplish that. But I kept thinking to myself and encouraging the people that were on my team, like, yes, this is a 40-day challenge, but it also is lifelong stuff. Like, this isn't stuff that like, oh, you're done with this 40-day challenge. And similar to the 30-day squat challenge, you're just done doing squats for the rest of your life. Well, no, obviously, just like exercise and diet and sleep and breathing, we're going to continue to do this. And so if that particular challenge didn't work out for you, no biggie bigs, because we have a lifetime to seek that opportunity to look for it and work it and try it and serve it and give it and forgive it and be it and go for the rest of our lives. And the nice part is by studying this and reading this book and reading the Bible and the red letters of Jesus Christ, we're going to continue to see those opportunities and they will be on the top of our mind. So it's not like levels that you pass and then once you get to the go level, like, you know, now you've completed this challenge. It's not a video game. It's real life. And it's probably more like plays. And Jesus is the coach. And he has literally giving, given us a playbook. And a special teams coach, which is the Holy Spirit. That I can totally get on board with. So I've kind of interpreted it in that going is the action. It's almost like the game in and of itself. And being and forgiving and serving and giving are all plays and strategies and tactics that we have in this going game. We have a coach, Jesus Christ. We have a counselor, sort of that special teams coach in the Holy Spirit who is present. And Jesus tells us that. He says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's the Holy Spirit present in your life. And I think sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit 
like not as important almost, you know, we speak of Jesus because he certainly came as a human and died and rose um, again for us. And God, certainly we look at as God, the father who created everything. And we sort of, you know, look at them sort of almost exalting them over the Holy Spirit, but they're all three in one. It is a triune God. It is so hard to explain, although I cracked up because in Vacation Bible School, I always say, you know, it's like you're a person who is somebody's child, you are a friend, and you are a student of Vacation Bible School. And one of my students looked over and said, well, we usually talk about it kind of like water, steam, water, and ice. And I was like, oh, and aren't you very scientific and making me look kind of dorky? But both work. Both are awesome examples and yet still not quite the same. So the Holy Spirit is Christ himself present in our life and present in every one of these targets present in the being, present in the forgiving and impossible to forgive without his presence, present in the serving and present in the giving and present in the going, which the being and the going are really good sort of um, bookends because you have to be to go um, and then in between all that are these action-y kind of things. And I really like that. And I love the fact that sometimes your life will be a series of forgiving or a chunk of time where you just are in service or called to give. Those Things And sometimes it might be a combo platter. In forgiving, you may serve somebody. Or in forgiving, you may give back. Look at Zacchaeus, you know, um, asking for forgiveness, but also paying back somebody something and giving that restitution. So the plays and, the, and all of the tactics that we use are going to be intertwined but we are in connection with the one who calls us to do it. The one who was, who created us, the one who we are created in his image. And so we really are equipped and pastor Zach and pastor Brad, who is my pastor at St. Mark Lutheran church, both talked about, you don't have to know everything. You for sure don't have to know everything. You have to know Jesus loves me, this I know. And because of the love that Jesus has for me, I know that he has love for you. And that equips us to love others. And it truly is that easy. It is the words of Jesus to say, love God first and then love others. It is so simple that we mess it up all the time, but it is so important. And it's not knock on people's doors and 
when they open up, say, are you going to heaven? Or do you proclaim Jesus Christ as your savior? Like, it's not like a pie in the face kind of evangelism way of talking about Jesus. Sometimes it is just in serving God and making it known that you serve God first, that you love God and that it is your love of God that helps you love others. That is where your joy comes from. And to, to have that answer ready when people say, why are you happy all the time? Or how can you be calm in this situation? So many different circumstances that people eventually will ask you the root of your goodness or the root of your kindness or gentleness. All of those fruits of the spirit, the patience and self-control, doors will open for you. And sometimes you just feel called to bring up Jesus. Sometimes you just feel the need to share that when all else seems absolutely crazy, there is one that we can go to that will help us have peace. Peace when it passes our own understanding. That is the peace that passes human understanding. And it is when you are so stressed out about something or so concerned about something or guilty or unloved or made fun of or hurt or broken, all of those things, Christ is there. And it is in his words that we learn to have that firm faith, that, that foundation that is unable to be shaken. When your foundation is solid, next thing, get going. Go tell your story. You've got a story and a playbook of plays to do it. Go tell your story. I'm really enjoying doing this podcast, and I hope you are enjoying listening too. Share it with your friends. I'd love for you to email me ideas for future episodes. You can email me at hippiechristianwhocares at gmail.com, hippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, whocares at gmail.com. Come back next week for Celebrate and the conclusion of the Red Letter Challenge. I promise it will be fun. In fact, spoiler alert, the victory is ours. The tomb was empty.